Hi, this is Tiffany, and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Brian J. Klein, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, music. this is Rob Hill from Canada, and I absolutely love AVA Live Radio. Hi, this Radio. is Tara Everly of Iridescence, and I love AVA Live Radio. Welcome, welcome, everyone. This is Jacqueline Jacks, your host of AVA Live Radio, and we're here to speak about making music. Isn't that a great day? You know, in the words of Greg Hoy and the boys who are going to be joining me on the show today, being a musician is more important than ever. Yes, it is. It brings us together, makes us think, and keeps reminding us we are all human. I love that. I think it's awesome, and I think they've done a great job on this song that I'm going to play for you. It's called Brilliant Jerk. We'll be right back after this.
That's Brilliant Jerk by Greg Hoy and the boys. Please welcome Greg Hoy. Hey there. Hey, Jacqueline. How you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. So you're out in San Francisco, California. You know, that's one of my favorite places. It's where my mom and dad first met. It's very romantic. I know, right? And what's it like now? Because I, I know that the tech industry kind of took it over some years ago. You know what? Great segue to the song you just played. It is very <laughs> tech central, very tech uh, tech run and and driven. And I, I lived in New York City for 10 years before moving out here. And I, I knew that it was, you know, the economy was driven by technology. But wow, from a cultural standpoint, it's been an eye-opening. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I, I also remember we did a story on um, the tech in San Francisco. And I, and I believe they were like the first to get like tech buses, which were kind of more high-end private buses, but people could get on them and charge their phones. And there were all kinds of weird little things going on uh, that was a lot more, you know, a lot more futuristic than we're used to. And I thought that was so cool because like there's a level of, of convenience and comfort that comes in kind of streamlining, you know, everything. Especially yeah, totally. work. And I, for one, I don't really like to drive <laughs> because people drive so right crazy, right? I would much rather sit and hang out and, you know, talk to people or be on my phone or, you know, just do something more productive than driving. <laughs> so I'm like all for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you look at what's happening now, Lyft and Uber and all these self-driving cars, technology, it's all happening out here. And there's a couple reasons for it. One is exactly what you said. Like people are just tired of driving everywhere. But number two, mm-hmm. I have to be honest, probably the worst drivers in America live in San Francisco. So there's, oh, really? there's a real reason for them to like, not yet. I mean, after living in New York City and Pittsburgh and Boulder, Colorado, I can clearly tell you that West Coast drivers, uh, especially Northwest, are pretty, pretty poor. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah, South Florida is not too great <laughs> either. It gets crazy. I can imagine. That's for sure. Yeah, it does. If you're in, in the congested areas, that's for sure. So tell me about your band, too, and what you guys have been doing. Yeah. Well, I've been, you know, I've been a musician for a while now. And, and when I moved out here, uh, it takes, you know, it takes a while once you get to a new city to find folks that, you know, align with your values as a musician, not only in the way they can perform, but also from a personality point of view. And I've been out here about eight years now and uh, finally feel like I've, I've found a great crew, uh, not only of rhythm sections and, and, and studios to work with, but also other bands that, that we can perform with. Um, so now we recorded a, a double vinyl. Uh, we spent a year in the studio making it. Um, which is a little retro, but we're also a little retro. Um, and we put it out and, and now the next thing we're doing is, uh, we renovated an Airstream, a 1973 Safari, beautiful 23 foot silver beast. And we're going to go around the country for the next eight or nine months, uh, playing in different venues and supporting the double vinyl uh, record in these 20 some songs that we put out. So it's a pretty exciting time. That is so cool. I love that idea. You know, I've always wanted to get one of those and like just go travel around and, and hang out. You know, I'm, you know, the one part of me, I don't like to drive from here to there, but like open roads are really fun because airports suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, 
They just do. So like being able to see things well, also, really makes it interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of looking at it as like, you know, we're, we're seeing the country and then, oh, by the way, we're going to play music. And some cities, my band will fly in. Um, we already have shows booked in Phoenix and Santa Fe. And then some cities, I have friends that live there that either are musicians or no musicians, and they're going to learn my set and basically be the rhythm section for me. Uh, once we get there. So it's kind of an interesting experiment that I've always wanted to do. I'm really, I'm pretty excited about it. So you're going to be collaborating with, with other musicians as you go from place to place. Yeah. It's an idea I got from Chuck Berry, who apparently when he used to tour, he just toured with his guitar and in every city that he had a tour date on, there had to be a band there that knew all like 35 of his like songs, the songs he might want to play. Um, I'm not that extreme, but uh, yeah, everywhere we, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, there's some bigger shows we're going to play that the band's like pretty excited. They're going to fly in, but for the smaller markets and the smaller shows, I'm pretty excited to meet new people. Um, and just, you know, send them my songs in advance, have a rehearsal or two, and then, you know, go play a couple gigs. Oh, that's awesome. And that slows it down too. Cause you can like spend a couple of days just hanging out, you know, with the people and like, you know, having some fun with some new people that really makes it like more of an experience for you. Totally. It's definitely, we're going to be like, you know, probably a week to 10 days in every, you know, bigger city. And during that time, I'm going to play some solo shows. I've been rehearsing just, you know, kind of how to do my songs as a one man band. And then also playing one or two to uh, trio or duo gigs, depending on who I can find uh, at the bigger clubs in each city. So I have a great booking agent, Loretta. Thank you, Loretta. Um, and I'm just, it's like, it's one of those things I thought about for years. And it's like, this is the mm-hmm. time that actually worked out both, both, you know, kind of culturally and also financially for me to be able to do it. You know, this would make an amazing YouTube channel startup. I mean, have you given any thought to doing like kind of, you know, on tour in the bus? Because, like, see, on YouTube, there is this whole section for just people who are traveling in these buses, right? And then to add in music and musicians, life, and collaborating and booking tours and and meeting up with these new people each time, it's definitely something that would build your YouTube channel because people would want to see who's going to come next, you know, because you're going to be going from place to place. Yeah, funny you say that, Jacqueline. I have a friend who is a documentary filmmaker, and he's sort of like, can I come join you for a couple weeks and and maybe shoot some of this? And as much as it, there is a temptation in some way to to sort of, you know, blow it up a little bit, there's a part Mm -hmm. of me that wants to keep it a little special. So I'm going to try to find some sort of balance in there. Um, Cause I do think it's something that uh, I'm excited to do it mostly from like a cultural standpoint, but I do think yeah. it's something that other people could learn from, especially right now, politically, just how we all music just brings us all together and, and look how easy it is for us to have this common language of music. And then we figure out the rest after that. For sure. Another thing you might want to consider too, is if you get like a GoPro and you mount it to your dashboard and then you point it at the road, then when right. you're traveling in really nice places, just let it go and, and then take that and turn it into lyric videos with like a little bit of speed up B-roll of the trip. And that way the people, yeah. people will watch Super them. Smart. They're, they're highly, highly viral because they won't turn them off yeah. if the scenery is pretty. They just will keep watching and yeah. keep listening to the music. So they'll literally consume them all. And I had some um, artists try it on, on Facebook and they completely went viral 
It was like the best lyric videos they've ever had. Just from their tour. Am I going to have to give you... Am I going to have to give yeah. you a producer credit for this, for giving totally. you this idea? I want my name on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I want my name well, on the back. You're certainly getting a thank you. I'm so it's doing it. I'm going to take a trip, but videos, I'm going to be recording it. It's awesome. Love it. I, some of, a lot of the videos that we've put out were sort of, vac- they end up being vacation videos. Like we went to New Zealand in December and I just took a lot of that footage and made a video. And I think the other side that I like what you're saying is we have so many songs on this new record that we could probably just, you know, put one of the songs to one of these like amazing, like kind of montages that we put together and it would probably be really interesting. So I think it's a great idea. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a digital space we're in and you're always needing content and what's more fun and authentic than that for your fans to see where you've been, you know, and then you'll have the mementos. I, I look at it like it's kind of like a time capsule that once you make the video, it's there forever. And you're always look back at that song, that run of the, of the CD or that those songs from the CD and how each one, you know, was tied to a portion of your road trip, you know, and maybe at yeah. the end you get some like off shots of, of people just having fun or getting up on stage and playing the song, you know, something like that. I think, boy, yeah. I would sign up for your mailing list for that. You could mailing list it. There's so many things you could do with that kind of <laughs> could build your entire thing. I just want to mention also, you guys are available in something I haven't seen in so long in cassette. You're selling cassettes as well as vinyl, which is amazing. Yeah. I just found my cassette yeah. player the other day, well, by we- the way. Yeah, I mean, cassettes are huge. And, and we did a run a couple of years ago of another album. And every show, people buy them because they're not that expensive. It's a keepsake. A lot of people that bought them didn't even um, use them for, you know, to listen to. They just bought them to have it as like a memento. So, and they still sound pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, they do, right? It's, it's too funny. Yeah. I can't believe it. So you feel like yeah. your listeners actually like cassettes? Is that like a California thing? Well, we find the younger people are buying the cassettes now. So when we play all ages shows or shows that are not in a bar, like something that's like a festival or a, uh, we've done some like street parties and so forth where people will come up with their kids. It's a lot of mm-hmm. people that are like, you know, maybe eighth to like, you know, 12th grade they're the ones that are buying the cassettes that are into them which is pretty fascinating wow that's awesome i love it everything comes around full circle it's kind of like really when we were growing up right things that our parents or our grandparents had became like vintage and we we just wanted them and <laughs> we wanted to yeah. use them right like some i've had totally, some artists totally. on the show that have have gotten old recorders and recorded their albums on like old recorders, you know, like just kind of going back to old style just for fun. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of this record. Most of the record was done to to tape, to two inch tape. And then, um, you know, we did the digital mixing and some of the overdubs and stuff, but we're definitely fans of that retro vibe. Um, I also think, you you know, you mentioned the GoPro earlier. I get a little, like I get terrified sometimes by stuff like that because I want to be able to figure it out and use it, but I'm like kind of like a push play kind of person. Oh my gosh, I totally feel So I might need to like hit you up for help. I'm helpless with the GoPro. Listen, I, I, I like actually gave mine to a guy that I knew was like could use it. Cause I, every time I turned that thing yeah. on, I kept messing it up. Cause there's two buttons basically. And I need yeah. a designated button. That's right. it. I can't choose. <laughs> it has to be designated. So well, I, I mean, would rather use my phone, you know? That's why I love my, 
Yeah. I love my iPhone. It's one big red button. I press it and it starts. That's all I uh-huh. need. That's great. And That's it's done. It. So just mount the iPhone. You're good. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll buy some I old iPhones and put them on the front. Yeah, I have it. That's exactly it. I keep old phones just for those reasons, just to grab B-roll. And or, it just makes it easier if, if it's a good quality camera, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's, that's so funny. easier. <laughs> so this is where exciting. should we, uh, where should we play in Florida? There's some good spots that we should come to. We're going to be there in the spring. There are quite a few, actually. It depends on, um, I mean, like send your booking agent to Delray if you want to go that far, because that's a really cool, right. They have a lot of venues on on, uh, the main street there in Delray. There's also like amphitheaters in um, Jupiter, Florida. So amphitheaters are really cool. There's like two outdoor ones. And there's some amazing stuff going on in Orlando. And we have other musicians in our web base that you could always talk to, you know, find out more about the different places. And this Tampa is a big place for music too. So there's lots lots of festivals, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on in Florida all the time for music. But it's a 24-year-round thing. So you can pretty much, you know... Just look and see what you like, and, and we can definitely send you in the right direction. Awesome. I just wrote all yeah. that down. Good. Then we can say we played Florida. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The, uh, the, the music business for you, where are you in it? Like as far as tech and getting online and, and working online subscriptions and stuff like that, are you, are you guys spending much time and energy on that these days? So I've a lot of, I put a lot of focus into licensing. Uh, so a lot of, um, a lot of the music that we make, I, I always save instrumentals. Um, there's a couple folks we work with both in LA and in Europe that always want to hear new stuff. And there's a couple people that are, you know, putting stuff on, we've, I've had things on reality shows, uh, MTV, HBO, things like that. That seems to be when I think about outside of, uh, you know, your standard playing shows, releasing, uh, albums and singles, that seems to be the place that we have the most financial uh, return. Um, Mm -hmm. That is also, I think, I always encourage musicians to take the time to, you know, network in those spaces because you never know when some song you wrote is exactly what a producer for a television show or independent film is looking for. So would you say that you you kind of focus on licensing more than fan seeking? Yeah, I definitely think we do great sales when we're playing shows, but online mm-hmm. sales tend to be, you know, with streaming, people, people listen to music free. Um, the artifact is something that always does well, like having, you know, vinyl and cassettes. Um, mm-hmm. Those are great things uh, that people feel is special and one of a kind. It's kind of like, um, I think we're in that space where it's like anyone can hear a song, but if they want to go that next level and support an artist, they're more than willing to, to buy uh, a, a physical product from them. I don't know that CDs are still uh, viable. I kind of look at CDs like, a, like I look at uh, business cards. I just kind of give them away to people. Um, but anything that goes to uh, you know, the, more of an analog space, yeah. Yeah. And we also honestly like merchandise is big for us. Like we, we do trucker hats like crazy. I think a lot of it kind of music we make, we're a little twangy, we're a little rock and roll and, and people come to a show and they have 10 bucks to spend and Hey, here's, you know, here's our hat. Um, and they're going to go ahead and wear that. And it's, it's great. You know, it's great for us too, because those people are going to wear that hat outside of wherever they are seeing your band. So it's almost, it's a great marketing thing too. I'm sure bands do that with t-shirts as well. Yeah, we've found that, you know, when, when bands don't quite get into the merchandising, 
it's it's really a shame because every time you're at a gig, that is where you pretty much can clean up <laughs> the merchandise. Isn't totally. it funny how CDs have become more of a calling card and like something that people just don't buy and collect anymore? It's very true. It's like, well, it's I like think, they go through it. I was just going to say, I think the big change happened when they started, they stopped putting them in cars because that was when people mm-hmm. kind of stopped caring about carrying around this, you know, this little piece of plastic that had music on it. Yes, it's so true. I just recently went through, um, I had like, I would say seven of those really, really large cases of CDs. And every time I looked at a CD, the big book, I kept, yeah, I kept thinking to myself, okay, this weighs like a hundred pounds, but I can literally pull this song up on Spotify and just add it to a playlist. So what, you know, is it even worth downloading it to the computer? Cause like the new computers don't even have CD-ROM drives. Remember CD-ROM right, drive. Right. <laughs> Just that word sounds yeah. archaic. And that's where we've come to. But yeah. that's also what happened with vinyl and cassettes for a little while. And then people went back to vinyl and cassette. Yeah. And now they don't want the I CDs. Think, so it's funny. I think there's a little bit of uh, a tactile artist, artist feeling. Like you feel like you're buying a bit of art when you buy an LP yeah. or a cassette. Because it is it's sort of in its own space. And again, I think there's a novelty to it that doesn't necessarily reflect that the person buying it is going to listen on that, but they want to own it and they want to hold it in their hands. And I think that's still something that's really important to fans. Yeah, I do too. And I've noticed also when we've been setting up and helping artists do crowdfunding and things that the people that are crowdfunding them are the people who have been along the ride with them and been part of the journey. So typically, you know, you're, you're totally. going to get some stragglers, right. That just come on board and they're like, Oh yeah, I want a vinyl. This is cool. I love this band. But they're typically the people who are majorly funding the artists are the ones that they have kind of followed their journey, you know, like when they were at 5,000 subscribers and then they got to 10 yeah. and everybody was rooting for them. And, you know, they remember the climb. And those are the ones that really will, will purchase a lot more merchandise just to be able to fund and keep the music going because they feel like they're, you know, they're contributing to it. You know, their names may be on, on something somewhere somehow and it's special. And that's what I'm seeing as far as fan base building is, you know, the more connections yeah, you can I have, think- the more stuff you can have that's limited edition, the better you, you are. Well, the one thing I wanted to say, which is important, and it's like when you look for that smallest audience that's really into your stuff, they're the ones you have to focus on. And then it's like you said, it's like a seed that just keeps growing as you get bigger and as you uh, expand your own artistic repertoire. Those people are going to follow you and they're going to tell other people about you. Absolutely. What are you most excited about in this next half of the year? Oh, what a great question. I mean, just meeting new people, really. And, and just, I've been really thinking about what it's like to play my songs for strangers. I know that sounds weird. Um, yeah. But you get used to when you're in your town and you're playing the same clubs or you're playing, you know, your same friends are coming. You kind of get used to this feedback loop that it's very same all the time. And breaking out of that, meeting new people, not only from... Uh, the perspective of I'll be playing with new people, but also performing for new people. I'm super excited about that. I think it's, it's giving the songs a whole new life for me when I'm like, when I'm practicing them, I'm thinking about, okay, Mm -hmm. what are these people in Tulsa, Oklahoma going to think of this song? (laughs) So I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah. And that's true. It does give them a new life. It really does. It's, it's like, yeah, I guess 
you know, from when you first wrote them and recorded them to now, they've pretty much had a big lifespan with you because, yep. you know, they'll go through several, maybe hundred <laughs> performances in one way yep. or another, you know, totally. takes in the recording studio and all that. And so then they don't become as special yep. until you put them away for a little bit or you play them for someone new, you know, and that, that affects them. It's yeah. so true. Well, you know, you Funny. write something and it means something to you, but it means something completely different to somebody else. Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's based yeah. on their perspective. Mm-hmm. That's why I always say that, like, mm-hmm. when people compare musicians and say this one's better than the other one, I, I don't like that. I don't agree with it because I think that all art is different and it's going to be taken in by, you know, a, one person at a time in a much different way than the other person. So when we even choose musicians to be on the show or we screen songs and stuff, we try to keep a really, really open perspective in mind. And I try and make sure everybody screening songs understands that because even if they might not like it or they might not get that genre or something, they have to understand that there's probably 20 more people, you know, sitting next to them or behind them that will right away. And, you know, in in that case, in our show, it's thousands. So, like, we can't ever put away something that we think, you know, one person doesn't like. So that's why we have, like, this five-person process <laughs> at this point. Like, you know, Great. you got to go through five people to hear something, and, you, and then, you know, everybody's like, yes, this, this, this just has so much merit, yeah. and it, it really means something, and the band's doing good things. And, and I think it, it's, it's a really good way to view music because yeah. it's hard to line up an artist against another. It doesn't make sense. Well, people want this like quick, like, what's it sound like? You know, they always want to hear yeah. something that they're familiar with. And yes. when you think about yeah. the times that you were really, when the, the times that your head was really turned by, an, by a band or artist, it actually, it's, it's a combination of really familiar and completely unique. And the only mm-hmm. way you're going to get that is if you're expanding what you're listening to. So true. That's so true. You have to keep a very open mind. The, um, you know, the business, yep. actually, social media is very much like that. And I worry sometimes um, that some artists, as they're just starting out, don't have thick enough skins to get through it because they get really excited about a release. Oh, yeah. And the fact of the matter is, if you don't have your mailing list and you don't have, you know, a, a built up relationship with fans, nobody is going to respond when you first put it out there. That's why you need things like indie radio and people who have constant influx of people listening, you know, because otherwise you don't get totally. a genuine response. You put it on Facebook 1% and you're lucky if 1% sees it. And if it's got a link off the site, nobody yep. sees it. And then you judge yourself based on right. that. So I think it's really important that artists don't, you know, just rely on one source, you know, like, ask friends and, yeah. and give it to people and message people totally. and like, you know, and, and just try and get some perspective on it, create fun videos for people to watch so that they're entertained and yeah. they're more likely, you know, to be open to it. But it, it does kind of all yeah. go together, right? You just have to have it in perspective. As Well, Jacqueline, I don't want to date myself, but this is like probably like the 30th recording I've put out. And the one it. thing that I, that's, <laughs> Good. the one thing that's consistent for me is, I have to make sure I really like it first. And then what other people think kind of comes secondarily. And I think the more you focus on your craft and just keep making stuff and keep putting out songs and keep songwriting, the less it really matters because not everything is going to please people. But if it pleases you, you can look back in 10 years at like your first release and be like, I didn't compromise and I still really like this work I did. And I think that's the most important thing that artists should remember. Mm, I think that's wonderful advice. 
What do you wish that you knew in the beginning that you now know now? Oh, uh, I think to get, get rid of the self-consciousness and, and just like get out there and put myself out there. I think there were a few times uh, when I was living in New York City and it was, you know, the strokes were rehearsing above me and, and there was this whole idea that like we could make this thing that's bigger and every show you play, every person that's there matters. And if there's only 40 people instead of 50 people, don't beat yourself up. That's 40 people or four people that heard your music. And I think early on, especially when I was in that stage of like, I'm going to be, you know, the next insert great band up, uh, you know, playing Lollapalooza. I think I would have like calmed down and enjoyed those, those smaller shows just, a, just a little bit more instead of like complaining that, you know, I didn't get something, some, some imaginary goal met. Oh, that's a really good one. And that's so true. I've, I've so often had to really back off. You know, like I got meditation yeah. into my life and yoga just, just, just so that I can back off because I'm a high wired <laughs> person. I am. I don't I don't back off of myself right. a second. Right. And, and that is, you, you know, one thing it's it's good for achievement and getting things done and everything. But in another, you can really like knock yourself down over time because you can wear yourself yeah. out and you have to start like enjoying those wins. So when I post up like quotes about enjoying those little wins it's really like coming from my self-experience because like you just have to you have to reward yourself yeah. you have to stop worrying about what people think because they're really not paying that close attention yeah. <laughs> you know unless you disappear yeah. entirely yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot yeah there's and a lot you know you can you can be your own best friend and support yeah you can support yourself and it's not a selfish thing in a in a negative way it's you're being the best you can be for yourself and then that sort of radiates outward and then people see that and that's what they respond to and i think as as a musician and as a performer those are the things that i focus on now more than ever mhm so true this has been such a great conversation. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been nice to talk to you. And I'm exactly. excited about your trip. Yes, it was lovely. Thank you. And I'll stay in touch. So when we're down there, maybe we can you know, grab a coffee or a show or whatever's going on. I would love to, love to say hi. Please do. Yeah. Are you, are you going to tour in Canada at all? TBD. We want to hit the U.S. first uh, and yeah. see how this feels. And then possibly next summer. Right now, we have about eight or nine months booked out. So after that, we'll see wow, how it goes. That's great. What states are you going to so far? Well, we're hitting everywhere except the Northwest because I've been to the Northwest a bunch of times. So uh, pretty much we're trying to hit all, all the states. Even if I don't perform in all of them, I'll get out of the Airstream and play a quick song on the side of the highway to say, we did it in, in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> I played oh, a song, I played a song in Iowa. You need a YouTube channel, like in front of the sign. You get out and play acoustic guitar in front of like, welcome oh, to man. Iowa. That's hysterical. You've got to do this. Those signs, are, they come up pretty fast. I don't know. You have like a, you have a 4,000 foot trailer behind you. You might have to, you know, really plan that out. But I, I, I will take that <laughs> advice, Jacqueline. I appreciate it. I love it. That's great. All right. <laughs> have a great day. And thanks for being part of our music community. <laughs> love to have you here. Thanks, Jacqueline. What a great conversation and how exciting. See, that's the way it's done. I love it. I think they're going to have such a ball and he's going to really enjoy this next moment. You know, this, this time, this journey in music, after getting the music right, then you get the songs together, you've got your merchandise and you get on there and you start playing it for new people. 
And that's what it's all about. You know, if you can do that, it's really exciting and it's a great time. It's something you'll always remember and the memories you'll always cherish. I love especially that he's going to go out there and seek new artists to work with and just meet some new friends and people and spend some time in the places that he's going to be. And he's really arranged it so that he can do that. Good show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Please don't forget to share this with a friend. I think your friends will really enjoy it, too. This is Jacqueline Jacks for AVA Live Radio. We just met with Greg Hoy and the boys. Don't forget to check out their website at greghoyandtheboys.com. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you again tomorrow. Hi, this is Tiffany, and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Brian J. Klein, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, music. this is Rob Hill from Canada. I absolutely love AVA Live Radio. Hi, this Radio. is Tara Everly of Iridescence, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, guys, this is Jacqueline Jacks, and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Lainey Nash, and I love AVA Live this Radio. This is Chris Beeson, and I love AVA Live Hi, Radio. Hi, this is Naomi Thom, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hi, we're Orange Avenue. And we love AVA Live Radio. Oh.